welcome to the next episode of Intuitively Being You. In this podcast, I talk about all things intuition, inner guidance, inner wisdom, self-love, self-care, health, healing, growth, spirituality, and so much more. I'm Desi, and I'm here because I listen to my intuition. Thank you for listening to yours and for joining me, and let's get into today's episode. Hi guys, today's episode is all about finding success and creating lasting change. It's full of inspiration, motivation, and lots of helpful tips on how you can create these things in your life, whatever success and change mean to you right now. It might be a career path or a financial goal. Maybe you have some inner work you want to focus on. It could be a health goal, whether physical, like changing your appearance, or immaterial, like changing your relationship to your body. It can be related to other people, like improving your relationships or finding your tribe, or it can be internal and very personal to you. Maybe you don't even know what you're looking for, but you hear some pull towards something and you're trying to figure out what's missing. Wherever you're at in your path, this episode will have something for you. I heard something um, a while ago, I think maybe on the internet, I read this somewhere, And I've always gone back to it as a point of validation and affirmation, and it goes like this. If something feels like it's missing from your life, it probably is. So if you want to create change, if you're looking for some motivation to keep you going, this episode is for you. I'll be discussing how you can reach that next step through consistency and by creating a safe space for yourself whether you're working alone or whether you found a coach or a guide to help you. I'll be guiding you on how you can support and regulate your nervous system through this. But more than that, how you can use your nervous system as a way to find the right balance between safety and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. In the end, change only happens when we take consistent new action to create new results. But too much new action can actually lead to burnout. So it's about identifying the right space in between that safety and novelty to take the right action for lasting change. I want to start this episode with a short reading from Deb Dana's book Anchored, just to kind of settle ourselves into this idea that before we create change and before we take scary steps outside of our comfort zone, we need to create safety for our nervous system and regulating our nervous system is really key to this. So if you're not, if you're kind of new to nervous system regulation as a quick summary of what that means, um, essentially your nervous system is always shifting between your fight or flight and your rest and relax mode. So your sympathetic and your parasympathetic states. And nervous system regulation is about ensuring the right balance between the two so that we don't favor one too much. For most of us in our kind of stressful lives, um, a lot of us have an imbalance towards the fight or flight. So nervous system regulation for most of us is about doing practices and making lifestyle changes that bring us more into that rest and relaxed state. And by doing that more, we reduce stress and we create more balance. So it's not about never being in fight or flight. That, um, that sympathetic nervous system has its purpose as well. So, for example, if you're if you're running, if you're sprinting, you're more engaging your sympathetic nervous system. That's just that's just the only way to do things that are intense like that. 
but it's about not being in that state too much and not being in that stressed out fight or flight state even when there's actually nothing stressful in the moment right now you know if you're kind of trying to relax and maybe you're like sitting outside um and you can't quite relax into the moment and you're like why can't i relax like everything around me is so lovely that could be one of those moments when your system is still stressed out and your nervous system hasn't been calmed down so yeah i'll link um, a blog post that i did recently on nervous system regulation if you want to read more but that's kind of the summary of it so on this path of change and this path to success we ironically might get burnt out if we're constantly just pushing ourselves so um that's why it's really important to create safety first and to also understand this concept of the nervous system and how it works and through safety and then through consistency um, we can reap results so Deb Dana reads this or writes this rather looking through the lens of the nervous system we understand we're all trying to anchor in the state of safety that supports connection to self to others to the world and to spirit and provides the energy we need to navigate our days. When the inner workings of our biology are a mystery, we feel as if we're at the mercy of the unknown, unexplainable and unpredictable experiences. Once we know how our nervous system works, we can work with it. As we learn the art of befriending our nervous system, we learn to become active operators of this essential system. A regulated nervous system is fundamental to the process of navigating the world with a sense of safety and ease. We all encounter problems over the course of a day. Some are more easily managed than others, but no matter where an experience lands on that continuum of mild to, tra to traumatic, understanding how the nervous system works is the path to finding the way back to regulation. So with that in mind, um, this is where doing new practices like say meditation or journaling that you might not have done before might actually be overwhelming to you um, if you're trying to create more ease and peace in your life and you've heard that meditation is really good for that meditation might be a bit stressful to you at first because you're not familiar with it you're not quite settled into the idea of safety being found in meditation for example but as anyone who's repeatedly done things they initially didn't like you know that through that repetition your body learns that it, it, it that it is actually safe to be there and to do that thing and then you can reap the results from the practice so with consistency and with real commitment that is the only way that we can find success and create lasting change and I want to talk us through um, an example that I kind of made up but it's probably real for someone out there and I'm going to describe this example as kind of a way to understand, I guess, a little bit more how this concept can work in real life. So let's take an example of, say, you're eight years old and you go to swimming practice. Every week, uh, one or maybe three times a week, you turn to your practice and nothing really happens at first. In fact, you kind of hate it the first time you go. Your parents dragged you You'd rather stay at home and play, but you have no choice and so you go. And this is far from a safe space to you. You're not really sure why you're being forced to go and you'd really rather just stay at home. But because you keep on going, a month passes, maybe two, and you change from being dragged to the door to actually not really minding going. 
another month go p- goes past and you're actually excited to go. You're the first at the door, always waiting for your parents to drive you there. Let's say you hit the six month mark and your coach tells you there's a, there's a swimming comp nearby. And you're kind of excited. You're proud of how much you've progressed. You're also a bit scared though because you've never done that before. You'd find you'd finally started to feel safe there and now it's kind of being dragged away from you. You go and you don't do amazingly, but you come fifth and you're kind of proud of yourself. Your coach is proud of you. Your parents are proud of you. You carry on going back to your swimming lessons, kind of same thing every week. You return to your place of safety. Your coach notices you're making improvements because you've just consistently turned up to the practice, even if you even if you haven't been quite aware of the improvements you've made. So she moves you up to the next level. You're going to join the next training group. Again, you have some some hesitation. You were quite happy with the friends that you had. And now again, she wants you to do something out of your comfort zone. You say fine, you move. And again, there's some resistance, there's some dislike, but you don't miss a practice, even though this new practice um, group has different people there, different types of training, a different time of day. You carry on going, you make do, and with that commitment, you eventually start liking it. You make some friends, you find it fun again, and you actually start sharing your experiences with the others. And you find safety in others validating your experiences, others sharing the same thoughts about trainings and feeling like you're good some weeks, feeling like you're not so great other weeks. You really like this, you're feeling like you've joined a community. Your coach is proud of you again, and some months later, she asks you to go to the to another competition. You've turned nine now, and so you're invited to the higher division. Again, you don't win, but you come fourth. And so you set your eye on the podium stand now. You've realized things that were scary before are becoming a lot easier. And even if every training session hasn't felt like you've made any improvements and even though you didn't really even want to go at the beginning, you're now really happy that with slow, that with commitment, slow change comes and then suddenly a lot of change comes all at once. So you don't win the next competition that you go to. You come forth and you keep on going because you've got your eyes set on that podium stand now. Your coach is happy for you. Your parents are proud of you, but You've now started to do it for your own, actually, and your motivation comes from within. You realize that if you're in here for the long run, the only thing you can do is continue the cycles of repetition, safety, jumping out of your comfort zone, recalibrating and reflecting and repeating. So in this example, what we essentially have is this eight-year-old who's are in a kind of child who's always acting out of programs that she might have learned when she was younger and unless we address that inner child and those fears inside of us which often do come from our childhood or other negative experiences um, it's very difficult to move forward conversely the eight-year-old child in this example is also just our general need for safety and our kind of innate humane human human um want to do the same things because it's comforting and we'd rather not do things that scare us and that 
in the in, um, that bring change to our lives. So the other part of us though really wants to go out there, wants to like reach for the stars. That could maybe be called our inner warrior or maybe our inner parent who's kind of dragging the child to do things that she knows is good for her. Um, and when that inner parent is dragging the younger child in us, the younger child secretly is glad she's being pulled out to do new things. So that's your nervous system kind of playing hide and seek and constantly taking in information, analyzing it and creating an output based on that information. And the only thing that we can do really with this in mind is challenging the nervous system just the right amount. So challenging it enough where it has kind of a baseline safety and it's comfortable for us to do things outside of our comfort zone, but not challenging it too much that it goes a little bit out of whack and it gets burnt out too quickly. The only way we can really do that is simplifying things choose one thing do it consistently and just keep on doing it keep on going whether that's a skill a bad habit you want to change if you want to form new thinking patterns you just pick that goal you choose a mode of work and you decide how you'll consistently turn up to yourself and for that goal so how can you create change through consistently through consistency what does that actually look like if your goal feels just so kind of immaterial almost um well you can obviously work with someone you can choose a coach mentor or guide but you can also create that space for yourself and be your own guide so I'll now give you an overview of how I support the people that I work with to achieve their goals through these concepts of consistency and keeping the nervous system regulation in mind but I also do this for myself if I have a goal and I apply and so you can apply it to your own work with yourself by creating that safe consistent committed space for yourself being kind of your own coach so in any in any coaching or mentoring program you're essentially creating a container for the individual and a container is really important because it's essentially saying in this space we create change and we focus on you and outside of this your life resumes just like when you go to the gym you work out at the gym outside of the gym your life resumes you're not constantly overflowing your thinking about the gym into your whole life I mean maybe you are I don't know how much you love the gym but it's kind of you create that that boundary you work on yourself in that space and outside you continue your life so that also creates a realistic commitment of your time and energy as well. Um, so yeah, you do your work in the container, maybe some parts in between. And of course, you can al- you're can you always working on embodying change throughout your daily life. But that container is kind of the main space that you focus on. So now we've got the container, which is the first step to consistency and safety. And next, it's about setting a consistent schedule. So in my coaching programs, this normally means having a weekly call where the call is at the same time, the call has the same structure. And if I'm working on things alone, that I might plan that every, say, Wednesday morning, I will journal on that one thing that I'm working on at the moment. And I know that every Wednesday, I turn up to my journal, I do the work, and that's it. You know, every week, for that time I do the work and the rest of time I live my life and focus on other things. What that also creates is that we know what to expect. We know that every single time it's going to be the same and 
that safety then supports us to to make the next step um and slowly over time consistency and repetition compound to big changes as we own all know and what you can do at home kind of copying my example of what i do is you pick a weekly time you choose your mode of healing so in my coaching it's a call if i'm doing things alone it's often journaling if you have like a skill in mind say you want to get better at yoga then you choose a weekly yoga practice if you want to connect deeper with yourself maybe you do a weekly cacao ceremony whatever it is you pick your mode and you choose the length of time that you want to commit this so again creating those really set boundaries for yourself and that really strong container so if we take an example of people pleasing i think this is something that a lot of people um will kind of relate to and if you want to actively work on this you can pick say the length of program for eight weeks and you meet with yourself for an hour every Thursday at 8 p.m you buy yourself a new journal and a nice pen this is also really important because you're kind of treating yourself and you're really taking this seriously you're not kind of you're not using like an old journal that's already been written up in you're making this like a really special space for yourself So you get your new journal, a nice pen, and every week at 8 p.m. on a Thursday, you light a candle, maybe you play some calming music, and you just journal. The first week, you can kind of set your main goals in mind so that by the time the eight weeks are over, you can reflect and see how much you've changed. Um, If you're doing the journaling example like in this, maybe you can have some prompts in mind. Or you can just journal on things that have happened to you throughout the day or throughout the last week. You reflect on how you might have given into your people-pleasing tendencies and how you can redo that next time around. You could explore limiting beliefs surrounding your self-worth and how that relates to people-pleasing. And you rewrite those beliefs into something positive. Um, And yeah, and then at the end of the eight weeks, you look back to how much you've progressed And maybe you read through all of the journal entries and you do kind of a summary for how you want this to be taken forward. Maybe you repeat the eight weeks if you want to. Um, And maybe you kind of like realize that eight weeks wasn't enough or if you want to do something similar in the beginning, in the future, that it was too much. At the end of the program, it's always a good time to reflect and just be really proud of yourself how much you've done. So what you've what you would have done in this example and what coaching does is encourage consistency right and you're showing yourself self-love and building self-trust through that so that's a really important aspect as well when we can when we consistently show up to ourselves we're basically saying that we're worth it and we're worth our goals and dreams that is a really big part and i think this is sometimes why some of us dream about making changes dream about having new things um but we almost don't think we actually deserve it or we don't think it's available to us for some reason. And that lack of self-love really is what that is. And it stops us from going that extra step. And if you're investing in like a coach or if you're paying for weekly classes, you're like, you're essentially saying to yourself that you believe in yourself. Not that you believe in the coach or that you believe in the yoga teacher or the personal trainer, but that you believe in yourself that you are worthy of the change, you're worthy of your investment, both time-wise and money-wise. And you communicate you communicate to yourself subconsciously that 
you really believe this change is going to happen and our mindsets are very powerful so if you kind of go in with the thinking of I'm going to do this and I'm going to achieve this and there's no other way well then there's no other way um something else as well that I think is really important in what that kind of work either with someone else or if you're creating that space for yourself is um is correctly evaluating yourself when you're ready for the next step so I'm always observing how I can support my clients by encouraging them to do something new to get them close to your goals to get them closer to their goals and yet I know that some steps that I might suggest can seem a bit scary or unrealistic at first so you always have to find that balance of when you're ready when I look back to when I've worked with someone I really can pick out those times when they knew I was ready and maybe they suggested something and I felt very triggered or very like hesitant and apprehensive Um, but they saw that I was ready and in that moment they put aside their own need for me to like them and they just pushed me to do more they knew that the goal I set for myself was of greatest importance second only to kind of feeling supported and I also felt safe to be honest to express if I don't want to do something but I also felt safe to fail and obviously there's no such thing as failure and everything is just a lesson and an experiment and a way to show us what works and what doesn't work but even if things didn't turn out how they you know were meant meant to again whatever that even means um you want to feel supported that you can go back to that safe container and just carry on doing the work so before you do that scary thing you need to have a baseline of safety that supports you in your work outside of your comfort zone whether that's you supporting yourself or a mentor or coach you know whatever works for you so now I'm going to get into some tips on how you can regulate your nervous system to make it easier to take those next steps um But also I want to kind of say a few things on how you can check in if your nervous system is actually ready. You know, it's very hard sometimes to know if we're ready to take that next step. So the main way to regulate your nervous system is through your breath. And our breath is incredibly powerful. I mean, there have been so many studies that show how slowing down your breath calms down your nervous system and shifts you more into the parasympathetic nervous system as little as 10 minutes of slow breathing can have a tremendous impact on your nervous system studies on that slowed breathing also show that it reduces feelings of anxiety depression anger and it increases positive thinking and ease and relaxation um Slowed breathing is also really good for general feeling like mindful over your life and bringing your awareness away from just all the thoughts in your head and more down towards your whole body and bringing more presence. And the more that we're present in our life, the more that we do things out of our kind of like our heart space, the more that we do things out of what's true to us. And the less present that we are, the more that we do things out of fear because we're not fully settled and accepted into the present moment. So slowed breathing, even counted breathing, that's really good as well because slowed breathing is sometimes quite hard to concentrate on. But if you're counting, um, that can be really powerful. 
there's a counting meditation that I did as part of um, a program by Spirit Daughter and it's simply counting in on one, exhaling on two, inhaling on three, exhaling on four and doing that until eight and repeating for five to ten minutes. So that kind of more constant, um, yeah, when you've got that kind of one thing to focus and concentrate on, that's really powerful as well for calming yourself down and for bringing your awareness to the present. Other ways for calming your nervous system um, and regulating it is good movement. Um, a lot of our tension can get held up in the body. So like it can come up in back tension, um, hip tight, tight hips, neck tension. And if you do movement that's right for what your body needs that day, you can release that tightness and feel more like yourself. Like, you know, when you get a really good massage and you just feel like, whoa, like my mind is so clear, I feel so much more relaxed and awake and energized. Well, that's because all the tension that's been in your body, any like bottled up feelings even are just released and you feel refreshed and almost like cleansed. So good movement and even, I mean, yeah, massage is really good for easing your nervous system. Um, I would say mindful movement is particularly good because that has obviously the mindful aspect too. So things like yoga or Pilates can be mindful as well. I think I think some Pilates is very quick and not really my thing, but I think there are slower types of Pilates that are a lot more mindful. Um, obviously anything can be mindful. If you feel like the way you run is mindful, that then that's what's mindful to you. There are also certain foods that you can eat that support your nervous system. So First and foremost, in general, your eating will impact your nervous system. So making sure you eat healthy foods overall and making sure that, sure that you eat in a way that's intuitive and makes sense to you. Um, but a group of foods called adaptogens are particularly shown to support your nervous, nervous system and reduce chronic stress. So a main one that I use is ashwagandha, other ones, and I haven't used all of these. Um, so obviously, please do your own research. But holy, holy basil is said to be an, an adaptogen as well. Um, licorice root as well. And rhodiola is another one. So these can be, you, I, yeah, I guess do your own research to see what would work for you if this intrigues you. The way that I use ashwagandha is I have it in a powdered form. And I often mainly add it to my cacao. Sometimes I add it to my oatmeal. Um but it depends really it's quite a specific taste so it, yeah it depends oh sometimes actually i have it with just oat milk and some cinnamon that's really nice too the next tip for nervous system regulation is sleep so i think we've all had experiences of how good we feel on a day when we've had enough sleep and how bad we feel um on a day when we've not had enough sleep and ways that you can support really good quality sleep because it's not just about the quantity right it's also the quality of sleep is reducing alcohol in the evening but also reducing screen time and screen time isn't just about the blue lights it's also about the vast intake of really quick information so as you're scrolling your brain and your eyes are kind of going up and down up and down up and down you're consuming so much content about so many different things so many different people especially the way that kind of that reels and tiktok culture is right now people make really short and snappy videos and they're not i've seen very few videos who are kind of like slow and mindful it's normally really quick information lots of angle changes in the video all that stuff and that's quite like 
almost I I find it stressful to my nervous system sometimes um and it does kind of make your brain and your eyes go up and down up and down left and right as you're taking all of this trying to figure out what to do with it and taking the energy of all those people as well in the evening it's really important to come back to our own energies to kind of call back any bits of ourselves that we might have lost in the day given to other people um given to situations maybe we got angry at like a printer just like taking it all back and taking it back into our body and feeling like ourselves before we can have a peaceful night of sleep isn't it uh, essential oils are also really helpful i love lavender for sleep and herbal teas as well chamomile is good i sometimes make a chamomile lavender and rose mix um and instead of screen time really reading is very good because you're focusing on just the one story your eyes are a bit more relaxed and yeah it kind of is very it's very calming going back to the breath as a last kind of quick tip um if you need if if i need actually if i need something to calm me down right here right now i always go back to my breath so that's always my first thing i simply bring my awareness to my breath i feel the inhale inhales and exhales and then i slowly deepen the breath so that i'm not shallow breathing into my upper chest but i'm more breathing into my lower into my lower chest and into my belly and as I do this, as I bring the breaths deeper down my body, I start to slow down my breathing and that really quicks me, quickly pulls me back into rest and relaxation and away from fight or flight. So if you need something to kind of click you back into the moment, I would say coming back to your, to your breath. And then through that slowed breathing, bringing your awareness to your whole body because when we're stressed, our awareness and our kind of total existence is in the mind, going through all the thoughts. And if we bring our awareness to our physical body on this physical plane of earth, we come back to the now and feel, we feel a bit more relaxed. If breath work is not calling you and you're kind of like, I don't think I can calm down so quickly just by turning to my breath, then it's about maybe using it as a practice that you do consistently. The only reason that breath work is so powerful to me in the here and now and, you know, just a couple of minutes is because I do it. I do it quite often, not when I'm feeling stressed, just like I've had weeks where I've had a daily breathing practice. I've had weeks where I've done different forms of breathing practices. So I'm quite versed in the skill just through that consistently, like we were talking before, just showing up every week. And then I also said I would talk about how we can um how we can gauge if we're ready to take the next step so coming back to the present moment is key like that is just key and then you can do a body scan with your body so you kind of check in how you're actually physically feeling because we can hold our feelings into our body but you check how you're phys physically feeling in your body you check if there are you kind of do a a body scan sorry is where you bring your awareness through your whole body so you start at your head maybe even your forehead to split it up more forehead cheeks jaw neck maybe back of neck maybe kind of like at the base of your skull um shoulders chest hands arms just you bring your awareness through your whole body and you see how each part feels and then the minute that a thought comes up that something that's stressful comes up in particular you see where you feel it in your body. If a thought comes up about someone in your life, you see where you feel it in your body 
and what the texture is of it kind of so for example if I think of someone that I find very stressful and overwhelming maybe I feel them in my shoulders and maybe it feels really really heavy if there's a situation that's making me really scared because I don't know the outcome maybe when I think about it and I'm doing that body scan and body awareness I feel it in my tummy and I feel my tummy kind of tightening so as you do this start to kind of measure yourself of how how it's impacting you and where you're holding places of resistance where you're holding places of stress or fear and that is a really good way to gauge your baseline safety having those kind of more negative experiences doesn't mean you're not ready to go it's just being aware of your current state so that you can then make a more informed decision about where you do want to go how you can use this specifically with an action that you want to take maybe a scary choice or a scary conversation is do this body scan like kind of initially center through your center through your breath start doing your body scan bring your awareness to the action whatever it is decision you want to make and see where you feel it see how you feel about it and as you're doing this see if you can become a bit more familiar with taking that action and to bring it into your field of consciousness and where you feel resistance notice it without judgment um there's no yeah there's no judgment here it's just about noticing nothing's good or bad it just it just is um notice it and keep it in your field of vision and try to see if the more you keep it there if you can feel more safe in it just how you know breath work might not feel safe at first if you're new to it this new action might will not feel safe likely if you're new to it so before you take that action um I think there's a name actually for what I'm describing here. I can't remember it, but maybe someone who's listening right now knows the name. Um, But yeah, bring it more into your body, into your field of awareness and imagine yourself doing it. Imagine yourself doing it again and again and again. And that will make it a lot easier to actually do the action. But before you do the imagining, do the centering through your breath and into the present moment and into your body so that you've got that baseline safety before you bring in the imaginary stimuli so yeah i think this is everything i wanted to cover um a lot of these kind of paths to success and change that i focused on are more based on a somatic level because our nervous system is kind of physically in our body and we hold a lot in our body i think most of our society thinks that we we kind of exist in the mind all feelings are in the mind or an imaginary field um but our, our feelings are really in our in our body and yeah you can you can learn a lot more about this stuff online through different books um these are just some tips that have been particularly good for me and things that i've taught or shown to other people i will link my nervous system blog post in the description but if you have any questions or if you feel like there's something that i explained that you would like a bit more clarity on then please do reach out otherwise thank you for joining me in this episode i hope you're feeling like you've got some real helpful tools on how you can create change and find success and just be your best and happiest self in the ways that you want to achieve those things thanks for tuning in have an amazing day and i'll see you in the next episode bye